Up next for the Miami Dolphins 2023 prospect spotlight, it is Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer, long considered to be the consensus top tight end in the class. He may be slipping a little bit amongst the ranks, and that may put him in position to be added by the Dolphins. Who he is, how he'd fit, and where the Dolphins would have to find themselves to add him to the roster. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Dolphins fans? It's Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins, your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked On Dolphins. We are continuing the tight end series of the 2023 Miami Dolphins Prospect Spotlight, taking a look at Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer. It has long been considered that Michael Mayer would be the first tight end off the board, but the closer we get to the draft, the more it seems that that status may change. And if it does, it may mean that Michael Mayer may end up being a sleeper candidate to be added to the Dolphins. I would not at all be surprised if Michael Mayer, if it was all said and done, ends up being the third or fourth tight end drafted out of this draft class. So we're doing our due diligence here on Locked On Dolphins. I appreciate you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first, and in this case today, your second listen of the day, because we are doubleheader shows today here on Locked On Dolphins. We did Darnell Washington, the tight end from Georgia this morning, Michael Mayer this afternoon. We are going to continue pushing our way through this tight end class. I want to thank you guys who make Locked On Dolphins a part of your day. I'm Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, your host here on Locked On Dolphins, also the co-host of the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the draft dudes team building every angle free agency draft salary cap trades roster construction you name it we got it we love it we're having a good time here on the lockdown network and i hope you are having a good time as well Uh, so in the spirit of what each one of these previous shows has been we are going to dive right in with michael mayer who is michael mayer the player let's start there uh, he checks in at 6044 from a height perspective that is six foot four and four eighths of an inch or six four and a half, 249 pounds. He has 31 and five eighths inch arms, nine and a half inch hands. And at the NFL Combine, he ran a 4.7040 yard dash, posted a 32 and a half inch vertical jump, a nine foot ten standing broad jump, and did not participate in the agility drills. Michael Mayer, this was one of the players that I, throughout the course of my time with Draft Network this fall, did the deep dive on in November. So I have quite the uh, extensive biography ready to touch base with. If you want to read the whole report, you can go to draftnetwork.com and search Michael Mayer and and read the full report. But I want to set the table here as this was a four-star recruit, played his high school football at Covington Catholic in Kentucky, was Gatorade's 2019 Kentucky Gatorade Football Player of the Year and participated in the 2020 USA uh, U.S. Army All-America Bowl. He's a two-way player in high school who earned accolades as a top 50 recruit, received offers from Alabama, Georgia, LSU, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Texas, uh, pretty much the who's who. Committed to Notre Dame. He's a member of the Irish. Uh, He has been a three-year Featured player, he has over 180 career receptions. He set the program record for most receptions by tight end and was third in program history all time. Tied for third for receptions as a tight end. It's pretty impressive. Uh, His pedigree is 
cerebral play. Uh, a lot of intelligent moments in Michael Mayer's film that we are going to go over when we talk about how he would fit with the Dolphins. But let's talk about Mayer from a production versus a projection standpoint. Because when I think about who Michael Mayer is, that's really what this all boils down to. Michael Mayer played for a Blue Blood program in Notre Dame. Stepped foot on campus and was the big dog tight end, the next big thing. For a, for, for a program that has produced a ton of highly productive tight ends that have gone on to have success in the NFL. Mayer has long operated with the assumption because of his platform with that program that this was runaway tight end one. And if I were evaluating for all 32 teams, Mayer would still likely be in that discussion. I don't know that he would be the shoe in based on the physical components and skills of his game versus some of the others. And, and we kind of, I don't say joked about it, but we alluded to it yesterday when we discussed Luke Musgrave, the Oregon State tight end, that teams are going to see the, the things you can't teach, the things you can't coach, the, the athletic components, and they're going to get excited, even if it means doing so at the expense of more high football IQ players or more pro-ready players or more polished players that can hit the ground running when they hit the NFL level. This is what I'll say about Michael Mayer. I think of all the tight ends, Darnell Washington, uh, Luke Musgrave, Dalton Kincaid, Sam Laporta, I think Mayer's floor as an NFL player is probably the highest, and it's because he played at the Blue Blood program and was a featured member of the passing offense for the last three years. But when you think about that production versus the projection, there's some numbers here to be mindful of. His 31 and 5 eighths inch arms are 7th percentile for NFL tight ends. That's not a super endearing number. As a matter of fact, that means there's very few tight ends since 2000 who have come through this draft process who have a shorter arm span. And that was a talking point that we had with Sam Laporta as well. And when you try to project him, being able to win at first contact is a challenge if you're going against 34-inch arm players and you have 31 and a halves. Now, there's other ways that you can mitigate that with pads and body positioning and flippers and all kinds of stuff. But here's where I take that red flag and I try to negotiate it as best as I can. He's above average athlete. His broad jump and his, his 40-yard dash were 68th and 66th percentile, respectively. So this is a, a modestly good NFL athlete at the tight end position who just so happens to not have ideal length. There are examples of other successful players when you go to mockdraftable.com and you type in Michael Mayer, it will show you all of his combine testing and it will show you all of the percentiles that he is measuring in at versus his contemporaries at the tight end position. On the list, on the left-hand side, it gives you the players who have passed through the combine process at the same position who have the most parallels in their athletic profile to that player. Not tape, not pedigree, not talent, just pure NFL combine athletic profile, statistically speaking, closest match is X, second closest match is Y. Hayden Hurst is the second closest match on this list. Pat Fryermuth from the Penn State Nittany Lions is the third highest match on this list. Dalton Schultz is also on this list in the top six. 
So three, half of the top six athletic profile matches are players who have gone on to have successful NFL pedigrees when overlapping their, their profile as an individual and an athlete against that of Michael Mayer. So while I look at Michael Mayer and I do acknowledge the length is something, especially for what the Dolphins are doing, that I would ping as a concern and something to be mindful of, I do find reconciliation in the fact that there are successful NFL players with this type of profile as who they are as an athlete. We're talking about Michael Mayer, the football player, not Michael Mayer, the athlete, here in just a minute. But before we do, the tournament is in full swing and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. It's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars in bonus bets back if your first bet does not hit so go to fanduel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars and then you can wager on everything from money lines to point spreads to three scores to who cuts down the net and everything in between all on an app that is safe secure and super easy to use so don't miss your shot in a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. Michael Mayer, the football player. As I said, I do have my draft network. These are pretty extensive notes. I'm not going to read all of them, uh, but I'm going to give you the quick elevator pitch, and then we're going to go into specifics on some of the traits that I really liked, and then some of the things that are limiting factors, and then discuss... Uh, to close the show, where I think Michael Mayer is ultimately going to fall and what his realistic opportunity is and where he stacks as a fit for the Dolphins versus the other tight ends that we've already covered. Because we have, uh, let's just say we've covered a lot of ground already, which I absolutely love. And we're going to keep going. We're about halfway through tight ends. Notre Dame tight end Michael Mayer is a pro-ready tight end prospect who appears poised to be an impact player at the NFL level. Mayer's been highly productive throughout the course of his career at Notre Dame, pair size, ball skills, physicality, and surprising versatility to offer a complete package to an NFL team fortunate enough to secure services. Expect Mayer to be ahead of the curve as far as NFL tight ends go and become a quality starter shortly before or shortly after entering the league. That's very important with Mayer. A lot of NFL tight ends, it's a two-year transition to realize what you're capable of being versus what you were at the college level, because now more than ever, the college game is a different animal than pro football. It's almost two different sports that have a lot of parallels. You wear the same gear and so on and so forth. It's just the rules, the spacing, the tempo. It's very different. First thing that comes to mind when I think about Michael Maris and pro qualities is his hands. Uh, his ability to catch in traffic is sublime. Now I'll say this versus some of the other more dynamic athletes in this tight end room or in this other tight end group. Mayer is in traffic more because his athletic profile is less overwhelming than some of the others. Uh, but his ability to catch the ball in traffic uh, and with bodies on his frame jumps off the screen at you immediately. Soft hands, good ball skills, concentration over the middle of the field, adjusting to passes that test his catch radius. And he, uh, more than anyone other than probably Sam Laporta, uh, has endured a lot of bad quarterback play that has made catches unnecessarily difficult for Michael Mayer. And yet he takes that in stride. 
And because of that, I, I'm highly encouraged that in a timing-based offense with an accurate quarterback, he would probably be able to give you some consistent run after catch, even if he's not the mismatch player of a Laporta or a Darnell Washington from a size perspective. Route running shouldn't be undersold for Michael Mayer. His deliberate, he's deliberate with his releases and shows effective salesmanship to nod his head at the top of the route before triggering into his break to facilitate false steps from defenders. Mayer releases from inline alignments effectively, avoiding traffic to squeeze through congestion and stay on schedule. He also logged wins from the slot and even when isolated on the boundary sparingly. This, this is the part that, that really overlaps with Pat Fryermuth to me. Now, Fryermuth's become a fan favorite in Pittsburgh after coming out of Penn State a couple years ago. A lot of dirty work catches, uh, not going to go up over the top, not going to create a lot of big plays, but if it's third and long and you got to hit something over the middle or you got to need a clutch catch and you need to go somewhere else because the other guys are, are getting attention or the spacing happens to be in the middle of the field, he's a guy who's going to make a play. And that's generally how I also perceive Michael Marin. Now, I also think that complements quite well what the Dolphins need as far as a receiver in this offense. Because Mayer is not a mismatch, beat you early, primary read type of player at the NFL level in my mind. I think from a a ceiling perspective, you think about what Jason Witten was able to be for the Dallas Cowboys, um, and he obviously became a lot more of a volume receiver than we're probably talking about with Michael Mayer, at least in this iteration of the Dolphins' offense. And I think that embodies the ways, if you remember Jason Witten, a uh, lot of moving the sticks, a lot of stuff underneath, soft spaces in zone. The challenge, of course, is what's the ceiling and what's the opportunity cost with investments that you would have elsewhere. Now I like Mayer quite a bit. He's not a infallible player. He was given the moniker baby Gronk as a freshman at Notre Dame. And that's not going to fly as a blocker. Um, I think he is sufficient to play in line. I don't think he shows the initial explosiveness with his hands as a number of the other tight ends that we have explored to this point in this series and in this process. The length, which we've already kind of acknowledged in the, the first segment of today's show, uh, is something that is really difficult to reconcile. Now, he played in line a ton, and he played in slot a ton. I think those are the areas where you're going to rely on Michael Mayer at the NFL level. This is not somebody who's getting flanker reps in the NFL, even if Notre Dame did it from time to time. You wish he either had a little bit more juice as a runner, or you wish he had a little bit more juice as a blocker, as far as power in his hands in short spaces. So either a little bit more wiggle or a little bit more power would really help Mayer, I think, live up to the expectation that has been carved for him for so long as the top tight end in the class. Now, I think with his football IQ and his intelligence, he's going to be able to mask a lot of that. But I don't know how well I trust him to reach block outside shade 
three, four outside linebackers on the front side of a wide zone play. If I, if I got to run them out there, okay, then, then the back's probably not going to get the corner. And that's okay. That's part of the principles of zone is, is everybody's flowing in the same direction and you use defenders' momentum against them and the back reads the blocks to find the lane and pick through to explode up through. But the foil and the contrast of him versus Washington and what Washington's able to do as an inline blocker to win the edge. That's why when we did the Darnell Washington show yesterday, we really pounded the table for this, or, or this morning, we pounded the table for this is the guy. And I still feel that way even when introducing Michael Mayer to the discussion. Now, if Michael Mayer were to find himself in this class or in, in the discussion for the Dolphins, how would I have him stacked up? That's a great question. That is one of the things that we are going to discuss next here on the show as we bring this Michael Mayer discussion to a close. Specifically for the Dolphins, and that's the big note. I wrote the Mayer report for all 32 teams. I restudied Michael Mayer for the Dolphins. And I like him, but I don't love him. He's not above Brenton Strange, and he's not even the second tight end out of the five that we have done. We have done in order Brenton Strange, Sam Laporta, Luke Musgrave. Not in order that I did them. I don't want you guys to roast me after the Sam Laporta birthday snafu yesterday. We did Brenton Strange, Luke Musgrave, Sam Laporta, Darnell Washington, and now Michael Mayer. Five tight ends that we have on the books right now. He's not one and he's not two. He checks in at number three. I don't want to give away too much, but I think you guys have probably picked up on the vibes that I've been putting off um, with the names that I continue to mention versus the names that we've done that I maybe have not mentioned, and those are probably the names that are towards the bottom of the list. Washington is one top shelf by himself, far away in a, far and away a tier. The tier two tight ends out of the five that we have collected thus far are Sam Laporta and Michael Mayer. And I think Laporta for this offense, because he is more of a dynamic athlete, while having the same concerns as Mayer from a length and extension skills perspective, and playing in another blue blood program that has really gotten him to be a high football IQ character. That's enough of a separator for me. They graded out very closely. And what I did, and I, I really enjoyed this, I took all of the traits that, that I've been using for years and years and years to grade for all 10 teams, and I refined them slightly. And I ordered them in order of, of importance for the Dolphins. And the three premier traits at the tight end position are football IQ, center of gravity, a.k.a. balance, being able to leverage, and versatility. On the Tier 2 bracket, you have hands, run after catch, and length. So if you foil Mayer versus Laporta, Laporta has an edge in versatility, and he has an edge in run after catch ability. They both grade as below average in the length component, and that's why they will not sniff the Tier 1 discussion as far as candidates for the Dolphins. But I think Laporta actually has an edge in two of the 10 categories that I'm grading these tight ends on that, that are specific to what 
we are expecting the Dolphins want out of their tight ends based on the history of the offense and what was shown to be limiting factors this past year. So if I told you I had Sam Laporta graded above Michael Mayer for the Dolphins, that might surprise you. I think there's other teams out there that would probably, uh, the Cowboys are a team with, with letting one of the comparables to Michael Mayer uh, walk this year is maybe a better example of a team that might want a replacement for Dalton Schultz in a Michael Mayer versus a Sam Laporta. But if I think about what Miami is offensively, what their identity says they are trying to be, I think there's enough there that I personally would rate Laporte as a better fit for the Dolphins' offense than Michael Mayer. Now, if Michael Mayer were on the board, I have him on Tier 2. If he's on the board at 51, I wouldn't sneeze at it, and I, I would certainly give very, 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 very strong consideration to taking him. I probably would. If you told me Mayer was the top tight end on the board at 51, I would probably say take Michael Mayer. There's enough there, and interestingly enough, a player that we found out that the Dolphins were interested in, Irv Smith, kind of came in with, with some, um, some comparable uh, athletic profile measures to Michael Mayer. I'm pulling up Irv Smith now. He was 6'2 242, ran a 4.63, so a little bit faster than Michael Mayer. Uh, his arm length was 31 and a half. That's 6th percentile. It's shorter than Mayer's. So they were, were plenty interested in going after a short-arm tight end who was an NFL veteran. Now, Irv Smith just so happened to pick the Cincinnati Bengals and said it was uh, his, what he felt was his best chance to win a Super Bowl. Air quotes there, whatever. Like, it it's, it's not, doesn't matter. The win here, in my mind, is that the Bengals added a tight end that might potentially prevent them from feeling boxed in to have to take a tight end in the first round. Because remember, when we did the Darnell Washington discussion this morning, we talked about the dream scenario for the Dolphins as you get through the first round and one tight end's off the board and his name's not Darnell Washington. And maybe it is Michael Mayer to the Cowboys. But if Darnell Washington goes, I certainly would be receptive to adding Michael Mayer to this group. Mayer is a reliable, sturdy player. He's an unsexy player. But as far as the passing game goes, I don't think he alleviates your biggest issues in the run game. But I think from a passing perspective, it's the right kind of complementary player that is going to excel with limited opportunities when teams overcommit to taking away the best things that the Dolphins do offensively. So that's Michael Mayer, uh, third out of the five tight ends that we have graded thus far, specifically through the lens of the Miami Dolphins. I think he's a really, um, he's going to be a good pro. I don't know whether he's going, that slide is going to happen, but the last thing I would leave you with is this. We, we kind of heard rumblings back in January of big media who usually carve their evaluations through grading players, but do their early rankings through what they hear from teams. There was a lot of buzz that Mayer was tight end three or tight end four in this class. And that Kincaid had a lot of supporters over Michael Mayer and potentially Darnell Washington and potentially Luke Musgrave had a lot of supporters over Michael Mayer because of the unsexiness, and that, or that's how a player like Mark Andrews falls to 86. So you might hear or see the title of this show and say, well, he's not going to be there. You never know. It's why the draft is the draft, and that's why we're doing all of our due process here on Locked on Dolphins, which is why you need to make sure you don't miss what we have coming up next. We are going to continue working through the tight ends here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. 
Appreciate you guys for checking out the show. You can find Locked On Dolphins on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Fins up. Keep it locked in right here on Locked On Dolphins. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. I'll talk with you again on Thursday.